Thank you for joining me this wonderful Tuesday for another great teaching. I'm so glad you're with me. I really mean this. I love being with you every single day. Oh, Jesus is so precious. And thank you for being with me. And thank you for loving the Lord like you, like you do. And Lord, I pray today you'll bless your sweet people. Meet every need, every need, Lord, in their life. Answer every prayer, every heart's cry. We give you the praise. And God's people said, Amen, Amen. Today, I want to talk about the world of the living dead. I know it's a very interesting title, but you'll, you'll see why. You and I were created for covenant. We were created to be made into the likeness, created that we should have his likeness one day. I talked about that yesterday. Fitted to love him. And by the way, if you missed the teaching yesterday, you really need to see it. And please share the teaching from yesterday and today and tomorrow, because I'll be talking about this again tomorrow. Share this with your friends. I think they'll really be blessed by it. So we were created, fitted to love the Lord. This is really the meaning of our existence. To live the life of God fully. So really, we, we, you and I stand amazed that God with no necessity within himself or pressure from without himself would create a being with free will. Think about what I said. It's really amazing when you think about that God had no need within himself or outside of himself, yet he would create Adam and give him a free will, free to choose whether to love God or not love God, follow God or not follow God. Um, the, the, the answer really to this incredible, because it really is incredible, uh, question. Like, why would God do it? Why would God create a man, Adam, and give him free will to choose whether he would love the Lord or not love the Lord, follow the Lord or not follow the Lord? Now, you know, people think, well, the Lord must have created man because God was lonely. Oh, no, 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 no. God was not lonely. He's never been lonely. Uh, he is the infinitely fulfilled God. He is the infinitely fulfilled God. So he created us because of one thing, love. I want you to hear this. He loved us into existence. He wanted to give his love away. He creates man to give his, life, his love away to man and tells that man, do you want it? Will you choose it? Love has to be given away. God is love. And God creates that man, Adam, and says, I want to share, 
I want to share that love with you. Wow. So now in Genesis 2, 16 and 17, we, we see this amazing story of love. It says, And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day you eat, you'll die. So basically what this was saying is, choose, Adam, choose whether you will obey me, Choose whether you love me or not. Adam now had a choice to choose love and obedience or not. Now, I want to say something. Um, It's not love and then obedience. It's obedience and then love. Because obedience produces love. When you obey someone, that will turn into love. I obeyed my dad when I was a little boy. And I grew to honor and love him because I saw what kind of papa I had. I obeyed my mom. We grew up in a very simple type of life back then. And my parents disciplined me when I did not obey. And it created in me uh, what I honored them more and I loved them more for correcting me. Because when someone corrects you, because they love you, God corrects us. We are disciplined at times by the Lord because we are his children. So God wanted to see, will, will, will Adam obey me because that's what will cause him to love me or not? Now, now think, think about why would Adam, why would Adam even think about eating of a tree that guaranteed his death. Why would he do that? Because God says the day you eat, you die. I mean, he had everything, you know. Adam had everything he needed. He had the whole world. He was the king of planet Earth. He lived alone on this planet and had it all. If If there was ever the richest man ever, it was Adam. The richest man was was not Solomon, it was Adam. He owned the globe. Think about that one. He lacked nothing. The only thing he lacked is what the devil offered him, divinity. And that divinity would have been his had he simply chose right. Yesterday I talked about the hope of the glory of God, that God saved us, that we might be like him one day. We are changed into his image from glory to glory. God's greatest joy and pleasure is to share his glory with us. And the devil offers Adam divinity. He said, you'll be like God if you eat of that tree. 
You all know the story in Genesis 3, verse 4 and 5. And the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die, for God doth know in the day you eat thereof, your eyes will be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So he was offering them divinity. And he could not give it anyways, he was lying. So sin, sin in its ultimate desire wants to remove God. The devil wants to remove God and crown the creature in his place. The devil's aim is to remove God and put man on that throne. And this is the devil's lie. To dethrone God and crown man. Let's look at Romans chapter 1. And this is what's going on today and what has been going on for a long time on this planet is man rejecting God's rule. Think about that one. And one day they will accept the devil's rule through the Antichrist and, re and reject God altogether. Verse 25 of Romans 1, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Because that's what man under Satan's influence is doing. They're exalting humanity. Okay. Look at John 8.44. You know, and a lot of what we hear today, even in the church, is very humanistic. It's not of God. It's of men. Look what the Lord said in John 8:44. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of lies. So, by disobeying the Lord, Adam and Eve declared what? Their independence from the Lord. They severed themselves from the source of life and from the meaning of their existence. They cut that off. They disconnected from the source of life. And what happened? They plunged into death. So they, they, they said no to union with God. They said no to be conformed to the image of God. And at that moment, they entered into the world of the living dead. That's what I'm talking about today. Well, when I continue tomorrow to talk about it, what does it mean to be a part of this world of the living dead? And what does it mean to be a Christian? in the life that God has given us, true life, true, true life. So man and woman died the moment they ate of the tree. So now what does it mean here to die? I mean, does it mean to die physically? No, because they really continued to live physically, but they were dead, dead unto God. Separation from God is true death. 
because the Bible clearly teaches outside Jesus is death and in Jesus is life. And anyone outside Jesus is really living among the dead and walking dead. It's the world of the walking dead who don't live really. There's no life. They exist, yes, but they're not alive. They're not alive. Now, now you know, there's many, many different dimensions of life. Uh, for example, God is life. He's the source of life. But, but then there's, there's human life. Um, human life created to share in God's divine life. And then you have animal life. So when you say human life, animal life, it doesn't really mean anything because it's not God's life. It's to live or to exist, but not to have life. And so when you think about divine life, only God gives, human life created to share in divine life, and then you have animal life, and then you have plant life. So there are many dimensions to what we call life. But only the human being, only the human, uh, he's the only creature able to share in true life. So plant life cannot have divine life. Animal life cannot have divine life. Human life can have divine life if they choose. So to live is natural. To have life, supernatural. I'm going to say that again. To live is natural. But to have life, that's supernatural. Because only God gives life. Only the Lord gives life. To live is carnal. To have life is spiritual. How many people do you know that live and don't have life? Even in your own family. Friends and family members who are living, but they're dead. They're walking dead. Now, life. Let's go to Deuteronomy verse 8, verse 8, because I want to take my, my time in this. I don't want to rush, because I want you to really take hold of this. Verse 3 of Deuteronomy, a very familiar portion that, that, that the Lord used against the, the enemy in the temptation. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knowest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that men doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Now, amazingly, that word in Hebrew means life, chaya. So the King James translators translated it as live, but the Hebrew says life. So both in, in, in both uh, 
words in this verse, it's life. So it, it would read like this. He might make it to know that man does not have life by bread alone. He can live by bread, but not have life by bread. But by every word that proceeds out of, out, out of the mouth of God, does man have life. The King James translators put live, live. But the Hebrew says life, life. So that he might make you know that man doth not have life by bread alone. But has life by every word that proceeds from the Lord. Yeah, we can live eating bread, but we can't have life eating bread. See how we've misunderstood the real meaning when we don't know the Hebrew. So God has promised us chaya, life, life. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, again, verse 16, look at this with me. It's so powerful. In that I commanded this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his way, in his ways, to keep his commandments, his statutes, his judgment, that you may live. Ah, uh-uh, that word means have life and multiply. And the Lord thy God will bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. So whenever you see the word live in the old covenant, look it up. It's the word chayab, just looking at it here in the Strongs. Wow. To revive, to have life, to be preserved. It means much, to be whole is another translation. Whole, I mean like full of life. So we receive that by obedience because Adam by disobedience was cut off. Separated from God is death. And the Greek says Zoe, same word for life, the foundation of all life. What did Jesus promise us? You all remember? John 10.10, he promised us life. Let me go to John 10.10 with you, even though you know it by heart. I think it's good to, it's good to see it. All right, John 10. And verse 10. I was having a little problem with my iPad, but now I fixed it. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. I am come that they might have Zoe. And that more abundantly. Wow. And you all remember John 3, 16, which we all know. And I want to show you something about John 3, 16, by the way that I think is so important. But let's, let's look at verse 16 first. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting Zoe, life. But who? You know, we, we've misunderstood that word, so love the world. Well, that in the Greek means thus, not so. For God thus, Love the world. You have to put the whole context together. I think the greatest harm that has been done to, to us as God's people is when if a Frenchman decided to put verses in the Bible and when an Englishman decided to put chapters in the Bible, 
because when the Bible was written, there was no chapters and verses. You saw it as a full letter. So you can ask people, do you know John 3.16? Yes. Do you know John 3.14? Mm, I think so. Well, John 3.14 says, For as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, even thus, it's the same word, even thus must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But the Lord was speaking about what happened in the wilderness when people were bit by snakes and serpents and died, and Moses had to put a brazen snake on a pole, and anyone who looked was healed. So he said, and as Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness, even thus, even thus, must the Son of Man be lifted up, or in like manner is, is another translation. And then verse 16, for God thus loved the world, just like what happened in the wilderness, in like manner loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes, like they believed when they looked at that brazen serpent, should not perish but have everlasting life. And that brazen serpent was symbolic of what? Sin. So Jesus took upon him our sin, and that's when we accept him, we receive life, Zoe. So we were created to partake of the life of God. Uh, sin stole it. Jesus came to, re to restore it, life. So like I said, death must be understood as separation from the Lord, and through disobedience, Adam, or man, plunged into death, being dead to God, alive only to what? His human awareness, only to the physical world. Wow. Light years below what they were created for. God created Adam and Eve not to be subject to human awareness. Remember, they did not even know they were naked. They were covered with glory. And now they became subject to their bodies and the physical world. Light years below what God intended for them. And today there's a, there's a massive hole in every man bigger than the universe that only God can fill because God created us for himself. And frankly, there can be no contact with God from the human side. God is not known by logic or intellect, but by revelation. God is not known by the mind. He's known by the spirit. So searching for the Lord within the realm of intellect, what happens? When people search for God in their mind, they create a God made in the image of men. When, when people begin looking for, for the Lord intellectually, they create a God created in the image of men, which basically reduces the Lord in their mind to a superhuman and leaves man in greater darkness because they're not finding him by revelation. I gotta say this again because it's so important because this is happening today in churches. 
This is happening with pastors who are teaching mentally whom God is to them because they have searched for him mentally. There's a lot of people who don't know the Lord. They know doctrine. They don't worship Jesus. They worship doctrine. They are so bound to their knowledge, they've become legalistic and controlling. Do you notice how some preachers attack everything and everyone who's preaching the gospel? They know the Bible way better than most Christians, but they don't know the Lord. All they know is doctrine. They worship doctrine. They are not worshiping Jesus. They have no revelation of the Lord and his, and his nature and, and his heart. It's like the Pharisees of old, remember them. Saul of Tarsus knew the Bible real good before he became Paul the Apostle and killed believers for following Jesus Yeshua. And all that knowledge was not helping him till he met the Lord on the road to Damascus. And that knowledge was lit up with life. And the life of God came into him. And suddenly all that letter that kills became life. The Bible says the, the letter kills. Today there are people today who will absolutely destroy individuals if they are allowed to. Because a lot of people are so naive and, and weak in the faith. They listen to these, I call them heresy hunters. And they are looking for people who are saying something wrong. And rather than reaching out in the spirit of meekness, they, they attack them to destroy them. Legalistic people who don't know how to forgive. Have no concept of what the love of God is. What they want is to, to destroy people. Oh, brother. But true Christianity is not like that. And all of us grow in knowledge. We all say things we shouldn't say. We all think things we shouldn't think when we are young. But then we, we grow out of it. The more we know the Bible, the clearer it becomes, the more light we receive. Now we change our own life and we begin to contend for the true faith, not attack people who don't know what they're saying sometimes. Who will gladly repent if somebody please tells them, here's the real facts. But you got people who follow these legalistic boys and girls out there who are no different than the Pharisees of old. No different whatsoever. God Almighty cannot be known by intellect. Intellect will mess people up real, real bad. Because the, the minute we search for him with human intellect and our imagination, we create a God made in the image of man which really reduces him, like I said, to a superhuman being and leaves humanity in such darkness. So, and such searchings, when people look for God intellectually, it leads to, to what? It leads to deception. It leads to the demonic, not to spiritual freedom. It leads to darkness. All right. I'm going to continue tomorrow. Please join me. Make sure not to miss tomorrow. I have a lot more to say because this is such a needed teaching, such a powerful and very needed word.
because we need to know the real revelation of Jesus and live a holy life, a biblical life, and give the Lord the time he needs with us to change us from glory to glory. There was an, an old song, he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. He made the moon and the stars with one word, but he's still working, working on me and on you. So that's love. Huh? Lord, bless your people. Increase the knowledge of you. You, we want to know you. Oh, I want to know you more deep within my soul and heart. I want to know you, Lord. All of us have that cry in us. And your knowledge brings us peace and grace. Hallelujah. Now, Lord, meet every need, answer every prayer, every heart's cry. Answer that cry in Jesus' name. Lord, deepen our walk with you. In your precious name, Jesus. We adore you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, it's time to give to the Lord's work. You know what to do. Give it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over shall man give to your bosom. And when you give, God will bless you. You trigger the harvest every time you give. If these dailies have been blessing you, continue to give and God will continue to bless and reward you and anoint you and increase you. Hallelujah. As you love him and walk with him. Because when we give God our hearts, we have no problem giving him our finances. You know that. All right, you can sew on the platform you're watching me on, or you can just go to our website, benihin.org, or simply text BHM45777. And don't forget my new book, Mysteries of the Anointing. Everything I know and have learned about the anointing and experienced in 48 years or so in this book. It'll change your life, I promise you. Thank you. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.